You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Wow, was that awesome worship? So good. If you're at home, I know uh, the time will come when we can all be back together. I know uh, hopefully things will improve. And all your health as well. But man, it sounds so good in person. I loved watching the videos last year of all these great musicians. But it's awesome to be in person and hearing our own spiritual musicians and singers lead us in worship and lifting our hearts to God. So let's give it up. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, God, for giving them so many gifts. Today is a special day for our teen ministry, our young teens, our junior high and high school We are going to do a regular series of classes over this year, 2022. Today is our first, so I want to go ahead and dismiss. If you're a junior high school student or a high school student, I want to dismiss you on back to the classes. You're going to have your own lesson, have some great fellowships. So super grateful uh, for Justin and Emma and Nick and Gus helping lead our teens and super grateful uh, for what they mean to the church. We've been doing a series called Gifted. And it's been fantastic hearing uh, Kenny preach the last two weeks. He filled in for me uh, on the 9th of January. I did get COVID and I'm fully recovered, but he did a fantastic job talking about you know, the gift of grace and forgiveness, right? And then he preached again on the gift of love. Uh, powerful stuff that we need to hear. Today, the title of the lesson is, Are You Gifted with the Best Gift? And I think that I'm appealing a little bit to our competitive nature there, right? Hey, I want to have the best gift. We all know gifted people. Uh, certainly the LeBron James of the world who has this incredible athletic talent. Our musicians who have incredible musical talent. And we're going to be talking more about gifts specifically uh, as we go into February. You know, there's two types of gifts. You can have natural gifts that came from really your DNA or how you were born or just God put them in you. You might be, uh, like I said, an amazing athlete or musician. Uh, and you have, there's a multitude of other natural gifts that God does use. But then he also gives us spiritual, supernatural gifts that we're going to study and explore and talk about uh, in the month of February. We're beginning a book in February called Find Your Place. Go on our website, you can find the link to get it and information. We'll be doing our small groups on it. And the idea is that since we all are gifted, uh, there's a place for us in God's kingdom that's spectacular. So uh, I want to encourage you to go online and get that book. But today I want to talk about, are you gifted with the best gift? Well, what is the best gift? And I remember, you might think about what gift you received in life that was awesome. I'm going to talk a little bit more simple gifts that I received. When I was 16 years old... I was living in Pennsylvania with my father. My brother was in college. My older sister was married already. My mom and dad had been divorced. And so it was just dad and I. He was a military officer and I was in school. And I ended up getting my driver's license on the uh, the day I turned 16. Some of the 16-year-olds do that. Others don't. But I did. I was like, I need to have my license so I can get out and get around. Of course, I didn't have a car, but my dad had promised that once I got my license... He would get me a car. And so here's the car he got me. All right. He got me a 1980 Volkswagen Rabbit. 
And you know what? It's not that cool, but I loved it. I thought this is awesome because I can go anywhere I want anytime now. I can drive myself to school. I can take my buddies out for a bite to eat. I can go to football practice and drive myself finally. It was awesome, right? So I don't know what your first car was. I mean, it didn't cost my dad that much, but hey, I'm grateful. A lot of people never get a car as a teenager. So at age 16, I got that. That was definitely a great gift. So thank you, dad. Now, that wasn't maybe the best practical gift I got. The best, I would say the the best sort of life on earth gift I've ever received is this gift. That was 28 years ago in about less than a month on my 28th wedding anniversary. That is my beautiful wife, Carrie. She looks like a movie star. And what a gift. You know, there's a scripture that says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor. And she not only is stunningly beautiful, but so talented, uh, incredibly heartsy and loving and caring, uh, just spectacular. And yes, my life just, in terms of a gift of just making my life good, that's definitely the best gift in terms of practical things. But we're going to talk about, but having a wife or a husband that you're deeply in love with is not the best gift. Okay, the best gift, clearly today's lesson, we're going to be talking about God's gift that he gives us. And our baptisms, when we get a relationship, we, we seal our relationship with God. And that certainly is the best gift. A relationship with God is the best gift. And we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about what that looks like today. Uh, what, what does that mean? And, and what is this gift that God gives us? And why is it so good? Amen. Let's have a prayer, and we're going to begin to study the Word together. Father in heaven, thank you for this morning. Thank you for those at home watching on YouTube. Thank you for all those in the auditorium today visiting the West Side Church. Father, I pray you'll bless today's time of worship and our time of reflection. Help us to see the best gift, to understand it, and to want to receive it, and and to fan it into flame. I pray you'll bless today's lesson, open our minds and hearts, be with the words I speak, in Jesus' name, amen. In James 1, verse 17, we read, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. So, the perfect gifts, ultimately I do think, yes, my wife, clearly from God, but the ultimate perfect gift is something even greater than a romantic relationship. The perfect gift comes from God. And he talks about this. Jesus begins to bring this concept in as he begins to teach. And he's talking about the importance of prayer. And he's talking about being willing to have the boldness to ask for things. And he says in Matthew 7, he says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? What is interesting about this passage is that the apostle or the uh, the writer Luke, who wrote Luke and the book of Acts, he takes this same passage and let's read how he writes it. I find this very interesting. It's a parallel passage. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So what's the the best gift? The best gift 
is the Holy Spirit. Right? The best gift is God with you. Today, do you have the best gift? Are you gifted with the best gift? Jesus goes on and talks extensively about this. In John 4, as he comes across a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, and the Samaritans were um, not liked by Jews, not held in high esteem. In fact, there was great division because they were crossbreeds and were not held as actual pure Jews. And so he runs into this woman, and he's asking her for water, and she's like, why are you talking to me? And he answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. He goes on and says, Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He's talking about the best gift that he knows is coming for the entire human race. She's shocked. She doesn't know what to make of it. You know, he continues to talk about this gift even after Jesus dies and resurrects and he appears to his apostles and he's talking to those that got to see him after his resurrection, we find this verse. He says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Well, he had spoke about it at length. Even before he was brought to the cross, he had talked to his apostles in the upper room discourse. He says, but the advocate, that's another name he gives the Holy Spirit. He says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Wow. Whoa. Teach us all things? The gift is going to teach. Wouldn't it be great just to know everything like Google? Imagine if we said Google wired in. I know we can click on Google, but we can't remember everything we read. But he says, this Holy Spirit, this advocate, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So this is really interesting. In the verse, you know, the Holy Spirit's called the, the paraclete, the parakletos. And that's the Greek term. And what it means is someone who is summoned or called to one side or especially called to one's aid. Various versions, the English versions of this text use the word an advocate, a comforter a helper, a counselor, right? We all need some counselors. We all need advocates, right? I know my daughter's applying to college. She's getting recommendations. She needs advocates. She's transferring in, uh, looking to get into some film schools, and it's not easy to get in. You need an advocate. You need helpers. You need supporters. You need people to edit. Hey, we need it in every area of life. The Holy Spirit is going to be that for those that have him for all things. Incredible promise, and gift right there. So the best gift is the Holy Spirit. So the question is, are you gifted with the best gift? This is incredible. The Holy Spirit means. What is just the things we've looked at this morning? It means that you will have eternal life. He says, you're going to well up and have eternal life. I mean, eternal life. I don't think we think about that too often. But it's pretty shocking to think that there's eternity that we can look forward to. And it's going to be a perfect eternity. And you know, all humanity is in fear of death. People fear death. 
But Jesus says, I've conquered death. I have overcome the world. The Holy Spirit is this gift that's going to help us overcome our fear of death. Receiving the Holy Spirit means you're going to overcome your own flesh. You're going to overcome your own weaknesses. It means you're going to be renewed. There's a scripture that says you'll be renewed day by day. Recently, been doing quite a lot of marriage counseling and, and premarital counseling, which is awesome. I know Ron and Elizabeth are happily married now, and uh, we did the marriage counseling with them, and we're doing it now, right now with Robin and Chuka, and I, I know uh, Garrick and Caroline are doing it with uh, some other mature disciples training them, and Billy as well. And it's an awesome thing to do premarital, but one of the lessons we do is a lesson about your background. And we want to talk about our background so you know your spouse deeply, so that there's no surprises when you get married. So we do a, a premarital counseling class all on background. And that can be quite heavy. I remember doing it myself when I, you know, 28 years ago, a little before that in the counseling time. And I coughed up everything I'd ever done. And, and it, it took a long time. And, and it was challenging. It was embarrassing. I, I, I mean, the things I had been through. I, I wasn't a Christian for 23 years Lived a very worldly, ungodly, sexually promiscuous life. I didn't want to tell that to my wife, but I, I wanted to be real so she knew who she was marrying. The great thing about it with the Spirit is the Scriptures teach that in Christ, with the Spirit, you are a new creation. You're renewed day by day. Not just one time, every day. Isn't that awesome? And I know that Chuka and Robin, they were so great. They were so grateful and their faith was built up and they just felt so awesome that, that in Christ, Mary in Christ, you are new creations. That's what the gift of the Spirit gives us. You know, if you have the gift of the Spirit, you also have a purpose because we rejoin the Spirit on this mission that He's active in. You know, the Holy Spirit is here and He's active in the world. And our goal is simply find out what he's up to and listen to him if he's in you and follow him, connect with him, partner with him. You get a purpose for your life. Colossians says that you get the hope of glory. You know, all of us want to, all of us a little bit want some glory. Let's just be real, right? We all like a little bit of glory. It's not, you know, I'm definitely not famous. Some of us, you know, for a little bit of time, we get famous. Feels pretty good for a while. It could be challenging, right? But all of us deep down want a little bit of glory. You know why? You're made in the image of God. He doesn't want you to pridefully want it, but it's in there. Colossians says that with Christ in us, it's the hope of glory. You're, you're far more impressive than any famous person because you have the very presence of God inside of you. And what does that mean? Oh boy, that means, listen to this, if you have him inside of you, you get the spirit, which is an unlimited reservoir of love, of joy. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't want an unlimited reservoir of joy, of peace? I mean, come on, during the, the pandemic, all of us are struggling with peace, aren't we, a little bit? It's like, it's hard to be at ease when you're not sure what's going to happen next. With the spirit, unlimited reservoir. Patience. Oh, I know I need patience. I've gotten two of those dumb red light tickets driving in Culver City because I always am speeding and I run through them. Ah, it makes me mad. I need an unlimited reservoir of patience. Like, slow down. You don't have to be there 30 seconds sooner than you thought, right? An unlimited reservoir of kindness 
And man, Westside Church, I want to hold you up. You came through in flying colors in our service project at Dorsey High School. Rave reviews. We got, a, we got this past Monday to go to the school and reveal all the, the service that you did as a church, that you did as volunteers for Hope Worldwide. I know we highlighted it last week a little bit, but it was so great. On, Monday, on Tuesday, the teachers came into the teacher's lounge and, and, and some of, they were just overwhelmed with gratitude. They're like, we've needed this. You don't know how much we've needed to know that people care about what we do. And they were so grateful. So I want to hold up, Carrie, you did an awesome job. But all of you. And uh, the garden area. I know that, and they're going to complete the painting of the lines on the basketball court this coming Saturday. So many of you served. I want to say thank you. That's the spirit of kindness. Don't you want that? An unlimited reservoir of gentleness. Now, how about gentlemanness, right? A gentleman. We need men in our culture to be gentlemen. To be chivalrous. So gentle doesn't just mean you're, you're, you're really light to touch everything. Gentle, I believe, is a deeply spiritual quality that you know to handle things with poise and tact and concern for others. And, and who doesn't want more self-control in our day and age, right? Unlimited reservoir of self-control. And many of us can attest to overcoming drug addiction and sexual addiction. And, and for me, I had self-indulgence addiction and uh, self-promotion addiction. And God's continued to work that out of me. Uh, but thank, thank the Lord that the Spirit gave this gift. So I want you to see today that God has a plan, a gift for us, and it's for everyone. Look at this verse. The Holy Spirit was sent out in Acts chapter 2. If you read that chapter in the Scriptures, you'll find that God had promised to pour it out, like we had read, wait for the gift. He pours out the Spirit in full measure onto the earth in 33 AD on the day of Pentecost when all the apostles were there. And then Peter gets up to explain what's going, going on because they're all talking uh, in, in different languages and there's this power and noise and, and, and there's this huge event. Of course, this is the day the church begins. And we read in verse 16, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men, and I'm getting to that stage where I, this verse now applies to me. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. Meaning they will speak the truth. That's what prophesy means. They're going to tell the truth about God. All people, young and old, men and women, they have a mission. God poured it out. See, the Holy Spirit is for everyone. The best gift is for everyone. And I bet most of you here today uh, think that you have the Holy Spirit. You probably wouldn't have come to church. And that is the question. Do you have the best gift? Is he in you? Do you have the best gift? For some of us, maybe this is a new idea. I had never heard of the Holy Spirit really. I mean, I did a little, but I just didn't understand what that meant when I first visited church in my early 20s. I didn't get it. But it's for everyone. And it's something we should try to figure out what's involved in it. And so I'm going to, today, we're going to talk a little bit about the ways you know if you have the best gift. Okay? How do you know? 
There's two ways. The receiving of the Holy Spirit and then evidence of the Holy Spirit. How do you know if you have this best gift? I mean, you showed up for church today. Do you have it or not? There's some questions. And really, it's between you and the Lord. And people can help you with it. And the scriptures are going to guide us. But we're going to look first at number one, receiving. So later on in that chapter, where Peter was telling them that the Holy Spirit had come down, it was for all people, he culminates the sermon with a verse our congregation notes very well, and that's verse 38, where he replied to all of them when they said, well, what do we do about, about Jesus being the Lord? What do we do about the Spirit having come down? What do we do? And Peter replied, repent, which means change the way you think, change the way you act. Have a light bulb go on and go, man, I've been living the wrong way. That's what happened to me. I had to change and be baptized. Yeah, that's immersion in water. And the water doesn't have any power. It's our faith that has the power. It's our faith. And through the grace and kindness of God, at that moment, he says, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wow! Why is this so amazing? If you understand who Jesus really is and and grasp it, have faith that he really is from God. He's the Son of God. He died. He resurrected. And you respond to saying, I want to live for him. You repent and are baptized. It says you receive forgiveness of sins. At that moment, because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And you know, if you don't have any sins, guess what? The Holy Spirit that has been poured out onto the earth can now reside inside of you because Jesus has paid for all the garbage of Steve's life and all the garbage of your life. And that spirit, which is like this cloud of truth and love and all these, you know, unlimited reservoirs of good fruits of the spirit, it now enters in and fills you up and and resonates with you. Now, we're going to talk next week more about the Spirit and how the manifestations of the Spirit next week. But we know that the Spirit, He's upon the earth. So, you know, He can do miracles in your life even if you don't believe in Jesus. He does all the time. I mean, you've been saved from a car crash. You're like, ah, God saved me. Yes, I think He does do that. He does miracles. His presence is here. He does things all the time. He's upon us. But when you understand what Jesus did for you and who he is and you respond, he becomes a part of you when you repent and are baptized. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that awesome? You know, he goes on in Acts 5, we see in other verses, and we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. So who? So do you have the best gift? That's the question. Are you gifted with the best, with, with the best gift? So you got to look back and go, have you experienced this? Now, if you're here today and this is new, I'm so grateful for you. If you're watching online and this is new, wonderful. This is the best thing ever because the gift is for you. But there's a process. There's, it's a free gift. You know, you can't earn it. But you do have to understand and have faith and comprehend. And it says right there, he gives the Holy Spirit to what? To those who obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. Why, you'll give your life and say, I want to live for you, not for this corrupted world and generation I live in. 
So it's a gift. It's available. And so maybe for you, it's asking somebody nearby. Ask somebody who, who invited you. Uh, email the church if you need to or send us a message. We'll help you understand how to get baptized. It's so awesome here out Nathan up at Pepperdine being baptized. That is awesome. Congratulations. I want to put before you. Amen. All right. Here's what I want to see. If you were baptized in the past four years, I want you to stand up. And if you're at home and you're watching and you have been baptized last four years, send a message to somebody else you know and say, I'm so grateful that I received the gift. Amen. Give it up. Awesome to see. A lot of young people. And that's what God wants. Right? He, he wants to change the world. It happens through your generation. So how do you know if you got it? Well, absolutely, you know you received it because you followed the plan. But there's another way, too. Some of us are here, and those that just stood up, as well as a lot of us, like, well, Steve, I, I was baptized, you know, for me, it was 31 years ago. Amen. I, for you, I'm at my, anybody, who's, who got baptized more than 31 years ago? Okay, Michael. Yeah, Michael before me. I came to church, and Michael was there. The first time I came to the L.A. church here in the South Bay, Michael was there. It was awesome. So it was great. I know a lot of you, like Mark and Catherine, I mean, so many here have, have and it's it's an exciting thing. But, you know, what happens, unfortunately, is that this Holy Spirit, he, it's this great gift. But sometimes we don't see him or feel him or experience him, right? We don't see the evidence of him. In Romans 8, verse 11, it says, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will get... Will, will give life to your mortal bodies also through His Spirit that dwells in you. So I want you to look at your life. If you're here today, or you're watching online, you're like, yeah, I've got the gift. The Scriptures teach that the Holy Spirit gives this life to our actual bodies on earth right now. Jesus says, I came to give life. Life to the full. Life to the full. But sometimes we don't always feel like life is full or it's not amazing. Uh, sometimes it's a struggle, right? I, I confess, I, I don't always feel like my life is amazing. I have this unlimited reservoir. Sometimes I have hard times, really hard times. Two weeks ago, went out on a prayer with Carrie. Getting ready for the new year. Uh, we went alone because I think we still had COVID at the time. No, maybe, yeah, I think we had just recovered by the time this happened. And what happened is... I felt all excited about all the things I wanted to do in the church. I had all these plans and dreams and plans, so many things. And then Carrie and I talked, and she's like, yeah, but what what about... And we started talking about our family life and our marriage and our children and how important that was and how things actually weren't going super great in certain areas. There's some some challenges. Uh, Raising a 12-year-old. There's some challenges. We have a full house. My mother-in-law has lived with us for 15 years. I have a 20-year-old daughter, you know, applying to school. She's going to move out this year, which is, praise the Lord, I love her so much, but it's good for her. I got a 12-year-old who's my, not my biological son, he's my, you know, my, my sister-in-law's son who I've become his father and, and raised him, and he's great relationship with his mom, he's with his mom now, and he, but, you know, we're his mom and dad as well, but it's challenging. You can imagine the complexity, the nuances of life and emotion and you know, I'm this, you know, he's Hispanic and I, I'm a very white preacher, right? And so he's growing up in this home and, 
you know, he, he's not really imitating, you know, the things that I, you know, he loves the Lakers, praise God, amen. And he loves the UFC, and I, I do like mixed martial arts fighting, so we get along great, we talk about that. And he loves sports in general, you know, he beat me on Madden the other day, and he was so happy, I was really mad at him because he didn't tell me how to do field goals. It's like, he cheated. You didn't tell me, you just told me that this one line goes back and forth. You didn't tell me the one line directs it, so I kept kicking it left. And he was laughing. He's like, you cheated. So, uh, anyway, so we get along, but there's, there's challenges. You can only imagine in a, a full house during COVID, there's challenges. And, and so we talked and I go, oh, I, and I was depressed all day after the talk because I realized all my, I can't focus on all my great dreams to build the church ahead of what I do with my, my wife and kids, which I've known that, right? I've known that, but it's, you forget sometimes, or you don't put enough energy into the things you need to. And I was, I was mad at everybody all day. Even my daughter wasn't a part of any conversation. You could just tell I was mad, right? I was, she's like, what's wrong, Dad? Because I'm always talking. And if I'm not talking, people think I'm mad. And I wasn't talking that day. We pulled out of it. How? Talking to other people, letting the Spirit come in. We went on another really long prayer. And our spirit started building. Our zeal built back up. I got excited to preach this lesson about the spirit. And, and, I, and I love seeing all the miracles God's doing in the congregation. And I, love, I got the Oak to Pepperdine on Friday and hang out with a bunch of students. And I just love hanging out with the students. And it was so amazing. Like Pepperdine, like, it's like half the campus is part of our congregation, it seemed like. I was kept running into different people, people that work there, students that go there. I was like, this is incredible. And they're so loving and giving. And we're having a tremendous impact on that campus. So I'm really proud of the work they're doing there. Amen. I pulled out because life is amazing. What about you? Is the evidence of the Spirit in your life? You know, for me, it was prayer. And I think that this is something I want to challenge us. This is the challenge of today's lesson. Do you, do you have the best gift? Well, maybe you don't because you haven't understood it. Okay, now you've got to go through the process of receiving it. But what if you did receive it? How about this? For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Right? The Spirit is energized. But we can quench the Spirit. We can stop the Spirit from living itself out. by If we don't allow our self-control to guide our steps, we get guilty. Like, like Kenny talked about how we need to be grateful for guilt if we sin a lot. And then we get hard-hearted and we're not guilty. Spirit cannot be in us if we're not dealing with issues. And you'll get depressed and down. And if you're not reading and studying and, and being around spiritual people, you won't, you won't fan it into flame. Timothy had gotten you know, timid. He wasn't sharing that much. He wasn't preaching and leading the church in the power that he needed to. And Paul's like, you got to fan into flame the gift of God. we got to fan it into flame. No better way than just praying. I got a call from a brother, uh, Big Nick. He's out in the teens. Right? He called me. He says, you know, uh, I've been going out on the beach every day, sitting on the sand and praying. And he says, I've just never been more excited about God. I, I, he calls me, has all these ideas, he's encouraging, I'm so grateful for it. he's encouraging me, he's talking about the work he's doing, he's serving, you know, here he is running his own company, but serving our team ministry. I mean, he was fired up because of prayer. And I got a chance to talk to uh, Kit Cummings, you guys remember when we did the 40 days of prayer? I talked to Kit, and, and Kit had done a seven week series for us called the 40 days of prayer, and, and he's doing incredible work in prisons out, down in the south, down in Georgia, but what, what Kit did is, he led us to this 
place of spiritual rejuvenation last May and June. And if you remember, we read this book called The 40 Days of Prayer. It was awesome. And we all wrote down our impossible prayers. Some impossible prayers. There's my impossible prayers. And I started reading through them again. And um, a couple of them came true. But there's like, I wrote 14 of them. There's like 12 of them that didn't. One of them, one of them was that some of my best friends, uh, lifelong friends, children who had, had distanced themselves from God and the church would come back. And certainly that came true. One of my, um, my best friend's son, uh, Soren Stevenson, uh, was baptized this year and restored and just totally tied into the, the church down in Orange County. Such an answer to miracle prayer. God's answering a lot of prayers, but I got a lot more. What about you guys? Have you pulled this out lately? You got to fan into flame the, the spirit. And so here's what I got for a, a little gift. How many of you guys do not have this book? Any of you not have the book? I got three books. You want one? Come on up. Who wants a book? This is a 40 days of prayer book to get you jump started. Anyone, first one to come up gets one. Okay, you three. There you go. You got them. Prayer can jumpstart you and fan into flame this great gift that's there for you. We have in our congregation an incredible couple who for years has served in what's called our prayer ministry. Every morning on Sundays, they meet at 9 a.m. and they pray for you. And then pray for me and they pray for the congregation. They pray for the needs. And when you send in prayer requests, they're praying about them. They're heroes. And, you know, they're going to be heading off. They're retiring. They're heading off. So this is going to be their last service. But I wanted them to share just a little bit about the power of prayer and how important it is to them. Let's welcome up Bobby and David King. Good morning, family. Good morning. So good to be here this morning. Uh, it has been an honor sharing uh, in the prayer ministry over the years. And just briefly, I just want to share a few things that I've learned over the years. And the first thing that I've learned is that when you're praying for others, it takes the focus off of you. Right. Number two is when you see the various kinds of prayer that is prayed in the prayer room. <laughs> okay, microphone. Got it covered. There we go. The various prayers that you hear in the prayer room is just so encouraging. And I want to read a scripture that backs that up. And it's in Ephesians 6, 18. And it reads, And pray in the Spirit in all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the people of God. So that's what we hear in the prayer room. Prayers of worship, prayers of petition, prayers of intercession. All of these take place in the prayer room. And I just want to acknowledge while I'm standing here, acknowledge all of the prayer warriors that, that are in the prayer team to please stand. Because I want to acknowledge you. I want to say you are so blessed and encouraging to us. Please stand. Anyone joins. Anyone that has ever joined the prayer team, whether one day, one week, please stand. 
They might be staying at home. Amen. They may be at home. <laughs> and another thing that I've learned is that prayer is a spiritual discipline. And when you're disciplined, you grow spiritually. Prayer produces godly character. It changes some things in your life that needed to be changed. And as we walk with God, we are continually growing as we continually stay in prayer. Thank you so much. Good morning, church. Uh, I'd like to kind of give you a, a brief history of the prayer group. Um, for the last 11 years, we've had the, the privilege of uh, overseeing the group, but we didn't start it originally. Um, the prayer team started in, uh, I think, 2010 by David and Jereen Griffith, and one of the first members was uh, Thag DeLuca. Uh, we joined a little bit later, and uh, the group continued to meet each Sunday morning, and the uh, Griffiths had, had set up a prayer table that they would put in back with index cards and a box to put them in to, for you to put your requests in each Sunday. And we've continued to set up that table ever since. Uh, we've upgraded a little bit. We now have official cards, but it's still there. And then the, the church is also has a, uh, on Facebook, they have a prayer wall where you can put, put your requests in. And what we do then each Sunday is we take those cards or the requests that we see on Facebook, and we pray for the needs of the congregation. That was what the prayer team was set up for, and that's what we've been doing ever since. Um, David had some health issues and uh, could no longer lead the group, and, of course, Jereen took care of David. And at that time, Bobby and I felt compelled by the Spirit that we should take over the responsibility of facilitating the group. Uh, we've continued the prayer table, like I said, and we've continued what they had started. Um, we are currently meeting in the Pine Room, which is the last room on the left down the hallway, from 9.30 to 10. And everyone here is invited to attend. I mean, there's no, no stipulations on it. If you want to join us, just go in the room and join us. Um, I actually am not comfortable praying in a group. That's not my gift. My gift is being consistent and reliable when I believe the Spirit has led me to do something. And I believe the Spirit had led me and my wife to lead this group. Now our prayer is that there's another couple out there or an individual that will feel compared, compelled by the Spirit to take our place and use their gifts of creativity and innovation to make the prayer team a more prominent ministry in this congregation. We thank you for all the support and encouragement we received over the last 11 years, and this is our farewell to you. Thank you. God has answered one of our impossible prayers of once again becoming homeowners. On December the 20th, we closed escrow on our home in Wahala, South Carolina, 
and that is where we will be moving. And Wahala simply means Garden of the Gods. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, guys. We have a gift for you. On behalf of, uh, on behalf of the West Side Church, we just want to thank them for leading the prayer team. We're going to miss them. And thank you, Bobby. Thank you, David, so much. Thank you, guys. So you heard the call. I hope the Spirit is fanning uh, some ideas. Uh, any of you, please come see Carrie or I if you want to lead the prayer team. We need a new uh, head honcho who will be consistent and will fire us up. I, I would love for somebody to be praying uh, even while I'm speaking. I've heard other ministers have a prayer team in a room praying while the minister's speaking to make sure the Holy Spirit is, is being prayed present and felt. Amen. There's so much more we can do. We do have a a prayer devotional plan for later in February as a whole congregation. We're going to fast. We're going to pray. Then we're going to gather after church in our house church gatherings out in the park late in February and have some great lunch together and break our fast. So we'll have more information about that. Let me close out this concept of the spirit urging us to not quench the spirit. Do not quench the spirit. If you have the gift, you gotta let it shine and turn into a raging fire of boldness. We read in Acts 4 how they prayed that God, uh, the Spirit would fill them up so that they would have great boldness as they talk to their co-workers, as they talk to their friends, uh, as they talk to their students uh, in class with them, as they went about their business. They were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 4. So I have a challenge for us, church. You know, these days, most of the world spends more time on their phone than anything else, right? We're always on our phone. And so I want to challenge us as a congregation to fan into flame the gift of the Spirit with our outreach by doing something that's very important. As you know, we've asked you to leave some reviews on our Google Google, Yelp and, and Facebook pages. And we finally have decided we've got to make an impact on this forward-facing online presence that the whole world is on. And I'd like to take a minute to explain to you why. It's not because we want to feel simply good about ourselves as a church. The only reason we are doing this is so that we people will notice and we will notice That all around us, spiritual needs are surfacing and people want answers and are looking for a church and a spiritual home that will help them personally with their families, help them with their marriages, help them find answers to complex, difficult, eternal questions about God, (coughs) about pain that we all go through and depression that we all go through. And we don't believe that certainly we're the only ones that have these answers. There's other great groups that have them. But I do believe that our church is filled with faithful disciples of Jesus. And we have some incredible answers to meet the deepest spiritual needs of our community. Church, I'm asking you, to take this, not just as, hey, Steve's asking so we can have our, be more known. I'm asking you to see this as the Spirit of God moving you to evangelism through your outreach online 
and to meet the needs of our community and those who are searching for God. And so what I'm asking is that you would take this week 15 minutes to leave a review because in the modern world, those searching for God are going to go to Google or Facebook or Yelp and they're going to ask questions about God. They're going to ask about where can I learn answers to these problems with my marriage or the problems with my children or what does God have to say? Is there any spiritual group answering these questions? And so when we're asking you to leave a review, I don't want you to see my face, but I want you to see the faces of the people in the community here in the West Side. The faces of people tr- praying for answers to questions and for a community where they can belong. You know, last month, just we started working on this last month, over 3000 different people clicked on our Google page because they were searching for something other than the West Side Church. They were searching for church or, or Jesus or spiritual answers or community and over 3000. That's that's more than we've ever had just because we began to just begin to work on this. You know, it's my goal as, as an evangelist to do everything I can to help us to fan into flame this dream of changing the world and giving a, a taste of the kingdom of God to this lost world. You know, we're a place where people can come and find answers. And, and a lot of them are going to go on their phone to find to, to, to their first contact. We're used as a church to meeting people because we meet them in the gym or wherever. And that's, I want us to keep doing that. But you know, we're in a day and age where a lot of people are going to come. You might be here today because you found us online. And that's okay. That's good. That's normal. That's an okay thing. And we as, as disciples have to realize we want to welcome you. We want you to feel like, okay, we want to connect you. We want to help you have that follow the process of what it takes to be engaged and strong in your faith. And so I want you to think of these reviews as a way that you evangelize. And it may not feel like evangelism, but during COVID, let's be real, it absolutely is. And it will continue to be this way for a long time. You know, I want to basically give you a couple practicals here before we close out and take communion. And that is that, um, you know, people are looking uh, for the best church or they're looking for a great church in Culver City. And there's others that are finding us just through all kinds of different ways and searches that they're doing. And they're searching for specific things uh, about their life. So you need to do a review uh, a 15 minute of your time to do a review. If you've done one on Google, do one on Yelp. If you've done one on Yelp, do one on Facebook. Do a different review and you can't cut and paste. Here's why. The algorithms know that you're just cutting and pasting. So you have to do from all your heart. And if you're doing it on Yelp, you actually can't just review us if we're your only review. You have to have reviewed other things or they just throw it out, right? So you, you have to legitimately be a reviewer that, that they value. So if you want to give us a review on Yelp, please Review a bunch of restaurants that you've been to that you liked or didn't like. And don't only put us as five stars. If you genuinely think we're four star, be honest. I hope you think it's five star. But be honest and put some pictures in there. All right. What we found is we had like 10,000 of our pictures looked at in the last month. Pictures that a lot of you guys put up. People click on it and then they just look at pictures of you and all the fun you're having, the things you're doing. So put pictures. Put Put a couple. Put 20 if you want. The more the better. High quality pictures is what I'm learning. It, it all works. And I'm convinced there are thousands of people on the West Side who are looking for these answers. And I'm convinced this is a way that we can make a great difference. So fan your evangelism into flame by at least doing this for now. I'm not going to be talking about this a whole lot more. This is our shot. I want you to work on this and be a light to a lost generation in our world. Amen. Are you gifted with the best gift? 
you're just visiting, this is a new thing for you, you haven't been repentant and baptized, you want that for you. That's how you receive it. But you've got to fan it into flame as well. And so today, before we take communion, we always have a time of, of discussion on the content of the lesson so that you can integrate. And communion, you know, the word communion means gathering together in a common body. There's a communion since we're remembering the Lord and Him giving His body. But we don't just do that individually. It's about being in community. And so our, our question for the day uh, I want to give you is, uh, the question is, um, what, let's see here, have you received the best gift and when? I want you to dialogue with the people around you. Just two or three people around you, right next to you or right behind you. I want you to dialogue. Have you received the best gift and when? Maybe share a little bit about your baptism. And if you haven't, say, hey, but I want to. We'll talk about that. But then, and how can uh, your, uh, oh, I, put, I typed it wrong, sorry. How can you fan the flame of the Spirit in you? How can you fan the flame of the Spirit in you? Amen? Let's have a five-minute discussion, and then we'll take the elements to remember the Lord. Okay, let's uh, complete our discussion. This best gift is a result of the cross. Jesus, living a sinless, perfect, inspiring life, giving his body, shedding his blood, and then being resurrected by the power of God. And then he pours out the Spirit available to us. This eternal life, the hope of it, is because of what Jesus did. So as we take the fruit of the vine, we remember his blood shed. As we take the bread, we remember his body given. It reminds us of that. And it bonds us together as one, unified as a spiritual family. Let's pray at this time. Lord, thank you so much for the best gift, which is you in us. Thank you so much, Jesus, for giving your body, for giving and shedding your blood and giving us the opportunity to be renewed and have the the fruit of your spirit to change us every day. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.